0: I use the saw to split the pelvis, and I use the gut hook to open up the cavity and the blade to start cutting all the stuff out, right? So, uh, it makes cleaning a deer, very simple, very easy and the the knife is sharp and uh, if you've ever had to gut a deer with a dull knife, we all know how much that sucks. So, um take a look at the Razor Pro Saw Combo Kit and uh, head on over to outdooredge.com and enter the discount code nation30. That's nation30 for 30% savings on your purchase.
1: What's up guys? My name is Parker McDonald and I'm your host and you are listening to the southern ground hunting podcast all right everybody welcome back to the southern ground hunting podcast we got drew robbins here with me drew how's it going
2: it's going good parker how are you doing
1: Oh, dude, we just got done with the last day of squirrel season. Me and uh, Henley Pearl. Yeah, dude, it was fun. Me and Henley Pearl went out and uh, I took her on a squirrel hunt and we killed squirrel. We actually killed a couple squirrels and uh, saw some long beards in an area that I had no idea there were turkeys at. So I can't complain, dude. I cannot complain. It was a good time. That's awesome. Um,
2: That's sweet, man. Yeah, we we actually got out on the water after church today, and um, my uh, brother in law bought a bought a uh, bought a boat, and um, it's a bass boat. And so we we uh, took it out and um, and had the kids on the water, and uh, of course, little man, I bought him a little, you know, one of those little Zebco Dock Demon deals. Yeah, and um, and so he. He had a little cork on it, and he was supposed to be fishing for brim or crappie or whatever would hit, and, but his um, his Uncle Chris, who's the one who bought the boat, he was fishing for bass, and so he was throwing out as fast as he could. Well, Brian wanted to be like his Uncle Chris, so I've never seen a bobber go in and out of the water so many times in my whole entire life. <laughs> oh, man. But little man was maxing them cast for cast, but it was it was awesome. got to get out and get out on the water some, so that, that was
1: cool. Cool, man. Uh, yeah, that's what we did. We took the new um new canoe unlimited so um so awesome dude i know you got to see it at my house the other day i did i I got to take it out on the water for the first time today and let me tell you that boat is freaking sweet now i don't have my i don't have my uh motor set up for it yet the transom mount and then the scupper plugs i don't have all that stuff yet but we just went out and paddled and shot squirrels from the water. And dude, it was a dream, man. It was so much fun. She was comfortable. We had both seats on there and she was super comfortable. And, uh, I mean, shooting a 20 gauge shotgun. And I mean, the, the thing is just rock solid. It's a sweet boat. I cannot wait to get some turkeys and deer on there. And, um, it, it's just a, it's just a cool boat. So, uh, for anybody listening, if you are interested in the kayak hunting game, I would start at New Canoe. There's obviously cheaper kayaks out there, but New Canoe is the best kayak for hunting purposes and, in my opinion, for fishing purposes. I like to have lots of space. I like to be able to walk around. I like to do all that stuff. So um, I am uh, I'm a huge, huge proponent for all things New Canoe when it comes to kayaking um, for any type of sport, fishing, hunting, whatever. I've never duck hunted out of it. However, I would like to do that, but um if you're a duck hunter, look no further. New canoe's the way to go. So um Drew, we've got a really great episode coming up here in just a little bit with uh with Rick Taylor. So I'm gonna try to get through these uh, these uh little sponsor spots pretty quick if that's cool with you.
2: Yeah, man, yeah. I mean and hey, thing the sponsor spots, man, scree is dropping the new pattern, so guys go get signed up for it right now pre-sales are up it's 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 gonna be an incredible pattern parker i'm 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 so excited for it
1: yeah i am too the solace pattern is uh pretty similar to the summit pattern except for it has a lot less uh white and lighter colors and green and it's got more of the browns uh, dark, dark Browns and like kind of the tan colors, which is in my opinion, I'm more excited about it for Turkey season than I am anything. And, uh, I'm just excited for Turkey season, honestly. So, um, (laughs) but, but this new solace pattern really is, uh, is pretty freaking sweet. And you can use the code Southern ground at checkout and that will save you a little bit on your purchase. Now, Drew, we've also got, um, uh, tethered on the list here, and tethered just recently dropped the new one sticks for sale. They're mm-hmm. on the website. I don't know if they're sold out. I know they were doing like a limited, limited run for this first one, and uh, um. But you got to see mine for the first time the other day, and pick them up. Tell I did. Me, tell me your first impressions.
2: Light, just mm-hmm. incredibly light. Like I mean, I mean, just light as air. That was my yeah that 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 was my first impression and um and man they were so stinking and this and what was awesome about it is that like you had the full attachment system on every stick mm-hmm. and 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 it was still it's still crazy like like stupid light. and yeah, so dude. uh yeah man I, and and then also i i don't know if it's on the website yet or not but i know the uh, tether guys were were releasing the new um uh, knee pads at the Iowa Deer Classic. Yeah, and they yeah, were, they got the new deer right. the new yeah, knee they, pads. Yeah, and man, those those look really good too.
1: Yeah, I actually got to use mine uh, for about the last week or so of the season. I got to use my knee pads, and yeah. I really like them. Um, they're they're very similar to the Arc'teryx uh, knee pads, which is what kind of the standard, what everybody uses. They're kind of the best on the market. But what they did is they took that same type design and basically made it for saddle hunters so you can um, most knee pads are, are made to be on the ground right like it's made to be where your knees are on the ground working whatever and these are specifically made for the tree for a tree setting for sitting um, leaning your knee up against that tree bark and uh, it's got a traction on it that's great um, it's super comfortable lots of padding so make sure you check out tetherednation.com for all your saddle hunting needs. And the last one is the newest one. And I'm very excited about talking about Spartan Forge in the future. We're going to have an episode really soon with Bill, the, uh, the creator of this madness called Spartan Forge. And uh, he's going to be able to explain it to you a lot better than I am. But it's basically um, a deer prediction uh, type software that is based not on moon phases and not on, Um, Not specifically on weather or anything like that. It's based on data, on scientific data that's been taken from deer studies across the nation. And it's specific for your region. So um, you can expect to hear a lot more about Spartan Forge in the near future. But I can tell you this. You can go to SpartanForge.AI. And that will uh, give you a lo- you'll you'll be able to look a little bit further into it. If it so- sounds like something that you're interested in, they've got a lot of new features coming in the near future. So um, I'm really excited about this. And like I said, we're going to have them on the show so we can go into a deeper uh, explanation of everything that it entails. But here's the cool thing is you can use the code Southern Ground at checkout there, and it will save you 25% on your purchase. And what you pay right oh, wow. now is what you'll pay forever. That's what you'll pay for the rest, for the, as long as you have it. And uh, they're not gonna bump up the prices on you. So if you get in on it early, I promise you, there's a lot of cool stuff. I can't talk about all of it right now, um, but there's a lot of really cool stuff that I think you're gonna love. It's it's made for the deer hunter, for guys like us, public land guys, um, and it uses the best uh, the best data possible to be able to um, put you in the right areas for your next deer hunt. So it's going to be really cool. I'm excited about having those guys on board and I'm really excited about the episode that we're going to do soon with them. So Drew, I think that's going to be it. Let's, uh, let's get in this episode with Rick Taylor from Tennessee. talking about turkeys. Let's do it. All right, everybody. I'm excited about this episode. Drew, um, I don't know if you know this, but our friend Adam Cruz—he is a, a Tennessee resident and fellow <laughs> fellow turkey loving, turkey hunting lover. I guess you could you could call him. Um, our guest today is his role model. I don't know if you know that, Drew. Did you know that already? <laughs> I.
2: I actually thought Adam's role models were were like you know the guy on the Kool-Aid packet. You know, I thought he was one. You know, what a
3: random, um, what a random. The the guy on the Kool-Aid packet might be. He he might be in a better position than I am for
2: this,
3: man. (laughs) So, (laughs) I'm really
1: excited about this because we got Rick Taylor on the show today, and uh, Rick is from Tennessee. He kills a ton of turkeys, and he is our first turkey guest turkey hunting guest i'll say for uh the 2021 season rick how's it going man
3: guys i'm doing good i appreciate you having me on tonight and adam I, he needs to he may, may want to shoot for higher role models i, I don't know what to say about that <laughs> he I, I
1: believe i believe his exact words were if there was one person that i could go turkey hunting with it would be rick taylor that was that was what he said, and uh, it's been a while since he since he said that to me. But I remembered it; it stuck with me. And um, and since then, I've wanted to have you on the podcast, and uh, I'm glad we could finally finally work it out to where you could come on the show and and talk about turkeys for a little bit. Absolutely. Again, thanks for having me on. For sure, for sure. So you're actually you're from Tennessee, but you're in the great state of Alabama right now. And uh, I wish we could have yeah lined it up to be able to do an episode in person. But tell us a little bit about what you're doing
3: here in Alabama. So uh, I've I've got the privilege to uh, work for BPI Outdoors. And BPI Outdoors, if you don't know, uh, is a uh, kind of a a parent company of a a few name brands that you guys would be familiar with, Uh, one of those being CBA, which primarily has been a muzzleloader company for years. Uh, We are now making, you know, a bunch of different single shot uh, rifles as well as a little 410 turkey shotgun and uh, have dived into the bolt action center fire market too. So we've got CVA under the brand. We also have Bergara rifles, which started as a barrel manufacturing and have uh, pursued, moved into uh, production rifle manufacturing. And then uh, Quake slings, if you guys are familiar, with the little rubberized uh, slings. Quake products are also under the BPI Outdoors brand and Power Belt bullets. So, just a few brands that I uh, I have the privilege of running their social media. So, uh, okay. the things that you guys see on whether it's Instagram or Facebook, that's that's me behind the uh, the keyboard or the or the phone. So, okay. that's what I do for these guys. And yeah, so this uh, reason I'm I'm finding my way south for the first couple of days here puts me at uh, Talladega area. We have an outdoor media event tomorrow. We're, we're hosting uh, uh, in relation with uh, POMA, which is Professional Outdoor Media Association, and SIOPA, which is a Southeastern uh, Press Association, I believe is what it is. Don't quote me on that. But regardless, they're doing a shooting sports, um, basically a, a range day. So with SHOT Show, COVID has shut down so many different uh, outdoor events and and trade shows and things like that, uh, we have found our way down here to put on an event um, along with a bunch of other companies and vendors. And we'll be uh, showing off a bunch of Bergara rifles and uh, some of the new CVA products tomorrow. So looking forward to it. a bunch of outdoor riders and stuff coming. So I'm actually standing in a hotel room right now talking to you guys here in Talladega area. So,
1: Talladega, man, that's the, that's Talladega. the, the pride and joy of Alabama right there talladega um you're right there you're you're right up there in turkey country though man that's a that's a great area if it were season right now you'd be right in the middle of it i'm sure um but
3: i would have come a couple days early or a couple days late i would have worked that into my schedule for sure
1: yeah definitely definitely (laughs) that's a that's definitely a good area to 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 start out in alabama but you're actually going to be hitting the turkey woods here in the next couple days though Um, which first off I'm like, yeah, man, amazed. I feel like deer season just in ended and people are already killing birds out there in, uh, in South Florida. And I believe you said that you're headed that way right after this deal that you've got tomorrow.
3: Absolutely. So we shut down at, uh, 5 PM tomorrow and, uh, I've got my, my room here booked again for tomorrow night, just so I can grab a shower and jump in my truck and head South, probably drive halfway tomorrow night and uh get up early early and and at least get down there before lunchtime tuesday and how long are you planning on staying down there in florida man i've got a i've got a little time on my hands so uh i'll be in south florida by myself for about a day and a half and then i'll hook up with uh a good good friend of mine travis daniels he's the owner of cypress roost outfitters uh he's from fort myers area so come wednesday night when he's off work uh he and i will hook up we've got a couple of uh, night vision scopes rigged up on our ARs and a bunch of pigs that are hitting feeders in a few different locations. So we've got some, some yeah. night work to do. To, yeah, we're going to we're gonna get in the pigs and get in the, uh, in the turkeys after that. And uh, in the meantime, I'm taking my kayak to do a little paddling around some of the rivers and the lakes down there. And, and uh, I'm going to try to do, I'm going to call it the Florida Slam, do some largemouth, some pig hunting, and kill a turkey, so man i wish my work trips looked like
1: that i really do that would be <laughs> that, that would be is this is this
3: all considered part of your job
1: rick like it seems like well, you know a uh big
3: part. i'm i'm fortunate so the the role that i play for the bp outdoors is actually a part-time gig for me I'm, I'm not full-time employed with these guys uh but what they that payment gives me the opportunity to go out and play a little bit uh but i do have uh my own um construction company and I'm, I'm employ myself and no one else. So I set my own schedule and uh, try to work around the things that I love, man. You know, the, one of the things that when I started my own business years ago, I decided that uh, I didn't want to work for the man. And if I wanted to do something, I was going to work myself into a position to be able to just go do it. So I've, I've been blessed and, and had opportunities here over the last few years that have Giving me the chance to go do what I'm doing this week, so I'll I'll be down there uh, when I leave, and get down there by Tuesday. I'm gonna hunt through uh, Sunday and, and then head home on Monday. So man, I'll be down there five or six days.
1: That sounds like it's gonna be a blast, dude. And uh, I'm 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 jealous of you, man. Like it's uh <laughs> I, like I told you earlier, I me and me and my little girl just uh we went squirrel hunting here a little bit ago. And we got into some longbeards. We had some longbeards fly across the river and it totally fired me up, dude. I mean, if I would, I would kill for opening day of turkey season to be tomorrow, you know, like I'm jonesing right now and I know you're going to go out there and you're going to have a blast and probably kill some birds and kill some pigs, dude. That's going to be a, that's going to be a cool trip. But, um, so, so you're originally, are are you originally from Tennessee? Is that kind of where your background is all at?
3: So I've I've been in Tennessee longer than I was in Indiana. I grew up, uh, was born and raised in Northern Indiana, and uh, left there my uh, junior year in high school. Found myself in Middle Tennessee, and uh, have, have been there ever since. So that's uh, Tennessee, a, I, I call it home now. So that's, uh, that's where I'm at.
1: I love Tennessee, and I I love Tennessee because of the, uh, the it's a it's really a great state for an outdoorsman to live. You've got You've got water pretty much everywhere. There's tons of water, so if you like to fish, you can do that. It's a it's a very game-rich place. You know, there's tons of deer, lots of turkeys. It's just a really really no, cool no, state. No no turkeys. No I was turkeys. giving you I was giving Sorry. you the opportunity to say that. Um I was trying to set it up for you to say that, but um dude, I'm I mean it it really like I I've told my wife several times like if if we ever move I would love to move to Tennessee. And not only that, I just like the state. It's just a fun state, lots of things to do, even if, even aside from outdoor stuff. It's just a really, really cool state. So, Rick, when you were in Indiana, is that have you always kind of been just absolutely in love with turkey hunting like you are now? Or was that like a slow process? Was it in your adult life that you got into it? How did that all happen for you?
3: Yeah, so growing up in Indiana, I had uh, about 900 acres of farmland as a kid that uh, I started deer hunting. I was probably 12 years old when I actually got to go deer hunting for the first time. had started with, uh, you know, rabbits and squirrels, went fishing all the time, neighbor had a great pond. And, you know, so outdoors has always been part of part of, you know, I get off the school bus and I would disappear until dark, and then I'd find my way home, you know, so uh, it's always been a part of me, but uh, in the area that I hunted, we didn't have turkeys there, so there was a a reservoir probably 10 miles south of of where I grew up there, and the year before we moved to Tennessee, uh, they released the first wild turkeys into that reservoir, so that was, uh, it was the middle of 93 when I left there, so uh, somewhere around that time is where I actually saw my first wild turkeys ever. And that was at that reservoir there in Indiana, uh, Salamonee reservoir of, of uh, that's the actual name of it. But, uh, so I, I had never experienced Turkey hunting, uh, and until I was probably 20, 19 or 20 years old and, uh, had the opportunity in a, a sales job that I was in, uh, a guy was talking about it. And I was like, man, I, I want to try, you know, some of the places that I've deer hunted on public land is all I had to, uh, access uh some of those places I, I was seeing turkeys so come springtime we we got together and, and uh, i was able actually to kill my very first turkey on public land there in, in middle tennessee close to nashville so man as soon as uh as soon as i, I pulled the trigger and, and you know it was it was one of those textbooks hunt textbook hunts i can look back on it now and, and know that it was actually a textbook hunt bird was gobbling on the other side of the river on the roost the other side of the river was a little higher than the field we were in It was just a natural thing for him to fly down to our calls and literally walk right into my gun barrel uh, you know it was a what we call a super jack. now I had a five inch beard almost full fan uh, he came in gobbling like a man and he died like a man so it was <laughs> one of those things it just <laughs> it got me hooked right there and uh i killed two birds my first year and every year since i've tagged out in tennessee so it's uh it's been a been a fun ride man i've I guess I've been doing it now a little over 20 years. So I absolutely have fallen in love with it.
1: Now y'all recently, this past, this would be your first season with a three bird limit, right? In Tennessee.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, a a lot of States are are facing that where the Turkey population has been in a, a, kind of a slow decline or, you know, maybe even some people in certain areas would call it a fast decline, but, uh, population is just not what it used to be and uh t- twra has taken the measures to reduce the uh, amount of birds you can kill this year from four to three and then there's a few counties uh in the western southwestern portion of the state where they're actually um opening up a week or two later than the regular season just mm. to uh kind of give those birds a chance too so
1: well and i know they're definitely
3: uh, trying to out
1: i know there's a big difference in western tennessee from east and middle tennessee uh just as far as turkey numbers do you know do you have any idea why that is i mean when i go I, i've deer hunted out in, in far west tennessee and i mean the habitat looks excellent it looks like there should be a lot of birds there but from my understanding there's just not a lot
3: do you know why that is you know I'm going to I'm going to throw just a, a a guess out there. You know if you look at middle Tennessee and Nashville being the heart of middle Tennessee and you look at at uh, West Tennessee and you look at the Memphis area those areas are highly populated obviously because they're they're two of the biggest cities in the state. So when you get into a, a deal like we did last year COVID COVID shut everything down everybody the only thing you could do was go outside. The hunter numbers increased dramatically last year. And you can you can roll that over into gun sales, ammunition sales, everything else that shows you that outdoor related anything just exploded last year. And even the. Um, the numbers of birds that were killed last year, if you look at the, the, the numbers in the first two weeks, completely drastically uh, were up higher than they'd ever been in, in the first two weeks because people had nowhere to go, nothing to do and wanted to get outdoors. So uh, those areas that are so highly populated, pushed people into some of these public lands, because, you know, face it, most of us don't have a piece of dirt to go to private land. Most people in the cities are looking to find a place they're going to public land. So, um, you know, guys that say they don't see the birds that they used to see on public land. Well, that's, in my opinion, that's, that's one of those reasons and, and that's really just looking back on one season and again it's just a completely guess you know you, you asked me that on the fly and that's kind of my answer on the fly is a lot more people out there doing it last year so
1: yeah for sure
3: and and you know
1: I've heard a lot of people especially um, in Tennessee and even some in Georgia more so than Alabama Alabama's has had a five bird limit. For a very long time I hardly ever hear of anybody say that they've they've tagged out every year in Alabama there's a few people you know really you know hardcore successful hunter successful turkey hunters that have tagged out you know some of them may have great ground to, to hunt or whatever um, there's a couple of public areas that I would say a guy could have a good chance of if they hunted it all season long they could go in and and get their limit but i just don't meet a lot of people around here but in tennessee i definitely hear a lot of people say you know yeah we we tag out every year on turkeys and uh that that i could see man i definitely see that being an issue you know when you have so many people doing that not an issue the the state puts those limits in place for a reason they know a lot more than i do they study it a whole lot more than i do and so i would never I'm, i'm not definitely not arguing you know what the state decides to do, but it is nice to see, um, I mean, you go out and kill three birds, you've had a great season. Three turkeys is a good season, and um, if that if that's something that might help just a little bit, hey, let's do it, man. I'm all for it, and, and I wouldn't be opposed to something like that here in Alabama, but I did just recently hear um, that they have moved the statewide opener for Alabama to like the 25th, I believe, of March, so they moved it a week back. And um I think they did that like super last minute like this past week or something like that. Oh it's, wow, yeah. So um yeah. it's kind of that's kind of a, a strange thing, but uh nonetheless, dude, I I know that I know that you are um eat up with it and I know that the people that are are <laughs> listening to this want to hear us talk a little bit about um, some, some tactics and, you know, hear how you're having such big success, uh, killing turkeys. So, so Rick, if there was one thing, uh, I'm just going to ask you this kind of on the spot. If there was one thing that you would say, this is the one reason why I have had success killing turkeys, would you be able to, to narrow that down to just one thing that you have depended on the most?
3: You got to know the ground you're hunting. You know, if you know the piece of dirt that you're hunting, and you can literally see as the season progresses, where the birds start their season, where the birds end their season, it's it may not be in the exact same place. It may be close. They may roost in some of the same areas, but the as as the green up starts and the food changes and the bugs start coming in and things like that, man, if you if you know your piece of dirt and how to uh, manipulate yourself into a position. Whether it's either getting around in front of a gobbling bird that you know, okay, he's over over a couple of years of hunting this place, uh, this bird, these birds have tended to go that way when they're uh, coming off the roost. If they don't do this, you know, you're you're going to learn the habits of what these animals are doing on the piece of dirt that you have been successful on in the past. So I think knowing the ground that you're hunting will, and that comes back to woodsmanship really, but. Uh, knowing the piece of ground that you're on will help you far more than being the greatest champion world caller and and uh, having the best gun, the best choke. Man, just knowing the piece of dirt and and understanding what turkeys are doing when they're doing it throughout the season and be able to adjust your tactics to uh, to follow that. That's that's the one thing I think. Just just know your dirt.
1: That makes a lot of sense. And when you hear people talk about. Uh, you know scouting for turkeys I've always been like kind of had the question of like how how do you even scout for turkeys I mean there's things that you can find there's definitely uh, scratch and maybe you even see some or you hear some gobble go out and listen to them listen to them gobble but I do find what you're saying to be completely true for me in that I tend to have more success when I know kind of how the area is laid out so if I whether or not I scouted it specifically for turkeys or if it's a spot that I've hunted a lot for deer or scouted it for deer going out and, and actually knowing the way the ridges roll and, um, you know, what, if if there's a, a pine stand over here, if there's a big, huge, thick cut over, over here, you can pretty, if you know that that's there, you can pretty well guess in a lot of, in a lot of circumstances, I wouldn't say every circumstance, but, a lot of times you're not going to have a turkey in a big, huge, thick, nasty cutover. Um, so you can rule those things out. So, Better even.
3: Go ahead. No, I was going to say, even something just as simple as a, a hog wire fence. Mm-hmm. If you don't know that fence is there and that turkey is gobbling his full head off, you can sit there and call all day to that turkey. You know, a turkey's brain's not much bigger than your thumbnail, really. I mean, he's, he's not going to for whatever reason a fence sometimes a majority of the time becomes an obstacle for a turkey that you should be able to kill but uh if you don't know that fence is there something just that simple or even a creek you know a lot of times a bird won't fly across a creek or whatever i've seen them wade across creeks you know you know obviously not up to their neck but uh you know what i'm saying they'll 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 do it on a, a natural feeding pattern or whatever they'll they'll in and around water all the time but uh, a lot of these things become an obstacle for a bird that if you don't know the obstacles there by knowing the ground, it, it becomes a, a handicap for the hunter.
1: Yeah, man, that's so good. That's good information. And, and And it really does come down to knowing where you're at, you know, knowing the area. Yep. Obviously, man, I mean, I would say a large portion of my turkey hunts happen in areas that I've never been to or areas that I've never truly walked the whole place. Because that's just the nature of turkey hunting for me is covering as much ground, more ground than I would ever cover during deer season. I just cover miles and miles during turkey season trying to get that gobble. But I think that comes, and and maybe you would agree, that comes with spending years and a lot of time and a lot of hours and boots on the ground um, out in the woods. You know, whether it is turkey hunting, morel mushroom hunting, shed hunting, whatever it is, you know going and being there to understand and then logging that kind of stuff is that kind of what you're saying
3: absolutely and then on top of that you know as uh, technology advances you know with Onyx and hunt and all these different apps we have access to but you can do so much uh from your computer or from your phone or your tablet and and you know a lot of times you're you're in your mind you're looking at that and you're you're putting that in your brain thinking okay i think i know how this ridge rolls you can see the the uh, topo and how it rolls out but until you put your boots on the ground you know certain things you you think that you know may not be exactly that until you actually get there but i'll tell you when you get out on a piece of land that you don't know like you're saying you know you get out there and you go miles a day uh, just just waiting to hear one gobble and then you know have an opportunity to to pursue that gobble and when you pack him out there's nothing like that piece of success that comes from killing one in a place that you've never been That's to me, that's, that's one of the greatest hunts you can have.
1: It really is. It really is. And it's those type of hunts that like for me have really gotten me hooked on it, you know, just not knowing if there, I've had, I've had hunts where I didn't even know if there was turkeys around this area. And I just decided to go kind of on a whim and had opportunities. And those are the ones that you really, you really do cherish and you remember those.
3: And, uh, and, and even if you get a gobble out of it, it's, it's kind of like I'm going to relate it to golf for a minute. I don't play much golf, but, you know, you hit one good shot in golf and it makes you want to come back. When well, you hear a turkey gobble, maybe you don't get him killed, but you're, you're going to go back. You're going to find him. You're going to play the game again.
1: 100%. I could I could sit here and I could tell you multiple turkeys that I've killed that um, were in areas just like that, didn't even really know if turkeys would be there, had never seen birds there before. And uh, and now I go back there every year and I've had success you know, multiple times just because I went in there. And so, you know, going and covering ground, doing what you're talking about, you know, learning, learning your areas, man, so beneficial. That's uh, that's really cool. So Rick, in your, in your area of, well, I guess, I guess I could ask you uh, two different questions right here. So number one, what is the type of terrain and habitat like where you normally hunt? And then, um, kind of go into what your favorite type of terrain and habitat is to hunt for turkeys
3: so i'm um where i actually live is about an hour straight east of nashville uh in what they call the upper cumberland area of nashville so that's really where the terrain of middle tennessee changes to look more like what you would see in the gatlinburg area so you know you're going to get a lot of uh a little bit of mountain um elevation changes things like that so uh, I'm, I'm blessed to have access to a, a really large piece of ground. It's one one contiguous farm that's 3,000 acres, and it has literally everything you can think of with the exception of agriculture fields inside this place. So I've got a creek. I've got uh, a big hay field. There's a hay field that's a mile long. Uh, there's rolling uh, cow pastures. There's ridges. There's rock bluffs. Pretty much everything you can think of with the exception of Ag fields. There's no soybeans, no corn fields, no, nothing like that on this piece of dirt. But, uh, so it's, it's some up and down, you know, a lot of up and downs. If you're going to chase these birds on the ridges, uh, it's pretty much anything you want to get after on chasing a bird you can have on this place with the exception of a wide open ag field.
1: Man. I think whenever you said you've got access to 3000 acres, uh, probably right in this moment, once this goes live, uh, people are going to be sending you friend requests on Facebook. Like, Oh, what's this guy's name? I'm going to
0: see if, uh,
1: (laughs) now, now it all makes sense. Why Adam said, if I could hunt with one guy, it would be Rick Taylor. Uh, (laughs) It's all starting to come, come full circle. Um, man, that's so cool though. That's, I mean, that's a gem. That's something that not a lot of people get. Now, is this like a family property or is it just like a permission thing for you?
3: It's, it's literally a permission thing. I've, I've done as much as I can to, uh, to obviously lend a hand around the farm things like that and and spend a lot of time you know whether i'm clearing trails or busting a beaver dam out of the creek whatever i've i've done it there and and uh have just uh the the family that i do this with they're they're just golden people you know they're they're great so that's literally uh just one of those things i i i can't say anything but i'm blessed because it's it's just one of those it literally is a paradise. It, it, it is, without exception.
1: That's so cool, dude. And it's a, uh, a a great place, it sounds like to me, it sounds like a great place to take a kid, uh, to get a kid started hunting. I know for me, I've said this on the podcast many times, but the reason why I'm so in love with just everything outdoors is because my dad got invited when I was seven years old, got invited to go hunt a place in the hill country of Texas that had turkeys and deer and axis deer had all kinds of animals on it and i got to go out Mm. and be exposed to that my very first time hunting i got to be exposed to that and uh my first day my dad shot two deer and a turkey which you can kill turkeys during deer season and i was just like i was hooked to it so i know that's something that you have been working on with uh with your daughter as far as getting her into the outdoors and it sounds like that's a great place to get started at
3: yeah, you know, the, the one of the greatest things about being a dad is, is seeing things again through your kids' eyes. You know, oh, you did it when you were young. I did it when I was young, but we've lost those firsts. You know, every time you have a first, it goes into your memory bank. Well, now those firsts are sitting beside my little girl when she pulls the trigger on a long beard or sitting beside her when she – she drops the hammer on her her first deer which was was just a, a doe and then as she's progressed over the last couple of years she shot her first r- decent 8 pointer this year you know he's a 115 inch 8 pointer with a muzzle you know she's she just turned 13 in in uh February and uh man that girl that girl is uh is definitely her daddy's <laughs> and i've i've got four kids she's my youngest i've, I've got uh i've got two uh, a, a son and a daughter that are grown and and out on their own and uh, another one in, as a senior in high school and they they've all been in the woods with me and all had those experiences and and uh but my my youngest daughter man she is oh, gosh she is she is me made over at 13 and i've been fortunate enough to have a place to take her and give her the opportunities that I didn't get when I was that young as far as turkey hunting, but deer hunting, you know, having a place to go, that's that's the biggest thing that, that most outdoorsmen and outdoors women struggle with is having a place to take someone and, and give them those opportunities that, that they may not have. And like you said, you know, having a place like this where I can go and, and teach and show her and, and just experience that with her. You know, like I said, when I started, it's seeing it again through her eyes and not just mine and those those first man we every one of them i don't care if it's her first long beard or her first deer or whatever the the first antler she picks up it, it's those first for her are as a dad more rewarding than looking back and seeing my first deer
1: oh man it's, it's,
3: Complete game changer. It's awesome.
1: Dad's everywhere listen to this. Just got a little bit misty eyed. <laughs> <laughs> like, mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah. I I ch- it. <laughs> I choked up there for a second. I'm, yeah. <laughs> you know, dude, and I know Drew's had this experience. I got to have this experience for the first time today. I've taken my little girl uh, hunting a couple times, and this is the first time that we've ever actually been successful on a hunt. And it, Man, it just exactly what you said. I was, I was so fired up. I've shot plenty of squirrels. I say plenty. I've shot my fair share of squirrels and going out here and letting her see it for the first time. Like it hits you hard. And like, so funny story, actually the squirrel was still alive whenever, whenever we went over to it and it was, (laughs) I was trying to like, I was trying to like uh, just kind of play it cool. Not let her know that I was, trying to put it out as i was holding it and right. uh and then it starts making all these noises anyway and she's like my, mm. my my daughter was like uh don't kill that one since it's still alive i can just take it home as a pet <laughs> and uh i said i said no i said no baby jesus jesus made these so that we can eat them like this is this is why <laughs> we hunt is to eat them and so we can't eat it if it's still alive she said well, I think Jesus made that one so I could keep it. <laughs> and I was like <laughs> I was like, uh, we gotta figure this
3: out. <laughs> and she she and you both will never forget today. never. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah, dude, it was
1: it was amazing. She got to see long beards for the first time. She got to experience her first successful hunt. And it's exactly what you said, man. i'm uh, I'm sitting here thinking about it, and it was like, I remember I remember those first for me and that moment even though it was a something as dumb as a squirrel that moment for me was like w- sharing it with her it it just cannot be it, I don't know I can't explain it it's just so great and uh and it's the reason yeah. why it is it, it you know before that moment and here are the next few years I know it's going to get a whole lot more because she loves it um, it, it's always been about, you know, what can I kill? What can I do? How can I, you know, better myself? And, you, you know, this is one of those things that for the foreseeable future, it's going to be mostly focused on her and and trying to find those places and give her those opportunities to, to enjoy it as well. But I know your little girl, man, she straight up
3: tears up the turkeys. Um, she's, she's a killer, man. Um, I, I've literally had to had to talk her into shooting a Jake. Uh, she was, she was four years in a row shooting long beards. And she's like, I'm, I'm not, I'm not shooting a Jake. And here we are and had had seven Jakes in front of us. Uh, this was last year having seven had seven Jakes in front of us. And I was actually live on CBA Instagram, uh, with the new scout Four Ten, uh, trying to get her, um, on, on live on Instagram, shooting a Turkey and, uh, I said, look, you still have three more tags in your pockets pocket. If you want to shoot, I do. <laughs> that's all I had to tell her. Man, she cocked the hammer back and smashed him at about eight <laughs> yards and that was it. So, and that was done, man. That's so <laughs> when, cool. When, when she when she realized she gets to pull the trigger more than one time, she's 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 ready to go. So that's cool.
1: <laughs> I know that she uh
3: yeah.
1: sounds like she's surpassed me in my turkey hunting first time somebody's like hey you can shoot a Jake if I still got ta-, I'm like oh okay <laughs> sounds great um, so talk a little bit about that that 410 um, and you know just kind of plug that from CVA I know 410s have been uh, very popular as of late and I was recently in a gun shop uh, looking at the <laughs> the Stevens 410 which is pretty popular and I've been told that you can't really find mm-hmm. you can't really find it. A whole lot of places and uh, i know you guys have a pretty good option there at cva so you can talk about that for just a second
3: sure yeah so uh tony one of the guys that i work with he's kind of our uh, head of influencer relations he deals a lot with the outdoor tv shows and outdoor riders things like that he and i are probably the two biggest turkey hunters in behind the brand here so we've been asking for a turkey gun for a long time and there was there was a short run of 20 gauges out uh, and they have completely disappeared. So don't even try to look for one. Uh, but last year, CVA launched the very first uh, dedicated. Uh, now I'm going to say that. So years ago, we had a couple different models that, that offered turkey options. But this was our first uh, recent years of a, a turkey gun. And it's the Scout, It's the 410. Um, single shot break action barrel similar to the Stevens. Um, comes with a Jeb's choke already already installed, and comes with a rail so you can put a red dot on it. Uh, has an adjustable length of pole from 14 to 13 inches, so you can remove a little spacer between the butt pad and the butt stock. You can remove a one inch spacer to change that length of pole for you know a smaller shooter, you know somebody with shorter arms. Um, and man, I tell you, I've I've been running the uh, Apex TSS and that thing uh, last year. Probably saw 15 birds die with with that gun and i know the furthest shot that i took was 43 yards and and the bird just fell over i mean it was it was uh just one of those the the craze started with okay let's get the the biggest baddest three and a half inch 12 gauge shell that you can find you know you see the meme floating around why do you shoot a turkey with a three and a half well because they don't make fours right (laughs) so we've gone from the 12 gauge thing to the 10 gauge and then 20 gauges became really popular a couple of years ago, and then you know just over the last year or two, uh, the 410 has has you know everybody's talking about it, right? And it's not how far you can kill a bird now; it's you know how close can you get them, and or how far can you shoot them with the T.S. There's so much of that out there, but without going into that into the great detail, the the 410 for me, man, like you you were talking, I walk miles to shoot a turkey. And cause I can put them in my backpack and, and carry them out where I can't do that with a deer. Right. Mm-hmm. But to have right. a, have a gun that's six pounds and I can hold with one, one arm and or one hand and, and kill a turkey. And I, and I did that last year. I'll, I'll tell you about a hunt I did with, uh, my, my taxidermist is just, just east of me in the Crossville area, Wilson's Wildlife Taxidermy Artistry. And they, uh, their son, uh, he and I went out on a, a turkey hunt last year. And uh, we did the old, old sneak, sneak behind the decoy hunt on this turkey. He was in the middle of a field, had four or five hens out there, but there was a little spot in the field that kind of had a little rise and rolled over. And we, we stayed back in the woods for a little ways, waiting for him to get over that hill. And when he got over that hill far enough with his hens, man, I, I grabbed that decoy and that 4'10 in my right hand. I grabbed the decoy in my left hand. And we, we literally just kind of crouched down just to get out in that field to cover ground. But when I got out there far enough, I held that decoy up and just gave it enough for him to see it, and we squatted down. So Levi is behind me, and he's filming with my iPhone. And that bird comes up over that hill, and he sticks his head up, and I, I hammered him right at 35, 40 yards. And uh, that video that I filmed, or that we filmed with my iPhone, went—I mean, went viral. So, on CVA, we had 5.5 million views on that one-minute video. I filmed it and edited it and plugged it into CVA. It was a one-minute video, 5.5 million views on that s- silly video. But it was it was the most exhilarating 10-minute hunt. We knew the bird was there. We just had to get to him. It was one of the most exhilarating hunts that he and I have ever done. So, so it's uh, just one of those. That's crazy. We haven't ever yeah. really
1: talked about that, uh, you know, like that. Uh, no. Would that be co- that would be considered reaping, correct?
3: Um, reaping, fanning, creeping—whatever. You know, there's there's a few different names for it. There's a lot of uh, a lot of folks that like it, a lot of folks that don't. A little controversy there, but uh, all I'm going to say is, if you can do it legally and safely, by all means, man, go out there and kill a turkey. I don't it, care how you do it. It always if it's legal me, and it's it, safe. It's
1: always looked fun, like um it's always i mean i've never had an opportunity to really go and do that uh and of course yeah. on public you know which is where i'm normally hunting it's it's uh sure it may not even be legal in alabama on public land some some states aren't yeah
3: some states are not legal on public land and, and i wouldn't do it on public land personally yeah um, but this was on a piece of private ground that that uh, he had that we hunted on man i tell you it, it's it's Different than sitting at a tree and yelping one end, but it's just as when they when they do it right. That man. <laughs> have you seen it's the awesome. video?
1: There's a video going around right now of a guy that like fans one in and then he just where he's up, hugging the turkey. Yeah, and he just goes up and grabs it. <laughs> That's
3: so cool. I, I, I think I reposted that on, on my Facebook, and I'm like, I'm doing it. I'm going to do it this year. I'm going to get one close. But I'm not going to. I'm going to do it, with Jake.
1: Oh yeah. He, he doesn't
3: have the sharp spurs as a as an old gobbler does. See, I mean, I've I've seen nah, so many I...
1: horror stories of people getting spurred and all that kind of stuff from a oh, bird yeah. that's already been shot. So I ain't trying to do that.
3: Yep. With a, a no, if I get a one. gobbler that close, he's gonna die before he gets there. But a Jake, I'm gonna snatch him up. Yeah.
1: So what happens after that? I want to know what happened after that video is over. Like, did they just <laughs> did they just ring its neck and tag it and and go on, or was it like catch and release? Yeah. Is this catch and release turkey hunting or uh? Yeah, uh, I, so I'll that's a story untold, and if the guy that grabbed that bird is listening,
3: tell us the rest of the story because I want to know it too.
1: We will have you on the pod. We will dedicate a full podcast. Yeah, I mean, he, he,
2: was, he would almost <laughs> have to let it go because he's so emotionally invested with that <laughs> turkey. You know, like, I mean, <laughs> like you, you would have to let it go. I mean, you know. Uh, but then again, if, if you hadn't killed a turkey yet.
1: Yeah, I mean, Drew, that may be that may be how we go out and get you your first uh your first legitimate like spring turkey, Alabama. Yes. Calling it in. Yeah. I know you killed birds before, uh but similar to the, yeah. the way I killed turkeys before, yeah. where you could kill them during deer season and all that stuff. Um Yeah. Parker,
2: we get we could go over there and kill that huge hen. Over there, I'm just joking. We 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 couldn't do that, but
1: um, <laughs> th- th- this thing was ginormous. She was a she so, was a big old heifer. Um, that's yes funny. She was.
3: So so yes, Rick, I think uh, the uh, Indians ca- called that uh, counting coup. They would they would go and yes. if they could scalp you, they could have killed you. So if I can hug a turkey, I could have killed him. So that's
2: that's right. You might as well kind of like punching a tag without
3: punching a tag. Yeah. So so Rick, so,
1: you. you Rick, Go ahead, go ahead, Drew. Oh, go ahead, Parker. Nope, you go. No, ahead. No, I
3: was, I was just me.
2: We were probably going to ask the same exact question. So, um, but Rick, um, so we've we've covered Tennessee, but what are you looking for like this week? Like, like whenever you're going down out of state or somewhere, what are what are you looking at on the maps that that people could go? Okay, well that 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 makes sense because I have out of state turkey hunt plan this year. What are you looking for whenever you go to new ground?
3: You know, so I'm, I'm. Florida doesn't really count because I am planning on going right. uh, with with a buddy right. of mine who's got the ground. But uh, I've I've been to uh, Kentucky. I'll give that as a as an example. And and what I'm looking for, uh, because what I really enjoy is, is being able to see a little bit little ways, uh, find some of those strut zones that are in open fields, uh, next to timber creek close. Maybe a change in the the uh, topography. What you know, going from a uh, uh, a ridge to a flat kind of area uh especially if that's close to a creek you know you're you're probably close to a, a roost area uh I, I found that exact thing in in looking at maps in uh in kentucky and was able to go up there and uh killed one of my biggest birds up there and just just got it back from my taxidermist a couple weeks ago matter of fact uh had 11 half inch beard inch and five inch spurs so he was he was a giant mm-hmm. but uh just one of those things you know i i, I got to a place and Man, you know, you guys can relate to this. You get the deeper into season, and, and you just you've spent so many times getting up so early and, and getting out there doing it. And you just get to a point where you know you find a place and get against the tree and get comfortable, and you you, you close your eyes and just kind of let the surroundings sink into you. And and I had done that. I found a little little transition. It was a little strip of woods almost uh, as wide as what a, a grown-up fence row would be. Found a little strip of woods between two green fields with a creek in the bottom. And uh, I literally set up my turkey chair there and kind of leaned back and I laid the gun where it, you know, I, I could have it accessible without making a lot of movement. And uh, w- was sitting there and I'd yelped a few times and then literally just kind of closed my eyes and and off in the distance and literally 80, 90 yards away, I could hear the the distinct sound of, you know, when you hear birds p- or turkeys picking through through leaves and scratching and raking, uh, that's what I heard. I heard that sound of, of them walking and kind of raking through the woods and so I opened my eyes and kind of leaned my head up real slow you know and was uh was able to, to pick up a bird uh like I said he's about 80 yards away he was across the, the the field the green field and in the edge of the woods and coming toward the green field and, and uh ended up being three long beards and they came out to the edge of the woods and kind of strutted around in the shade a little bit there and I, I yelped at them and they gobbled a few times but they just couldn't see what they were looking for, and, and uh, I had a fan with me. I didn't have a full deco. I just had a tail fan and was able to kind of lift it up, and I yelped one more time, and, man, they all three of them come come right into to 20 yards, and I, I shot the first closest one, and, and that was just, you know, I, I found the place that, that I knew that turkeys, and this was probably an 11, 30, 12 o'clock hunt, you know, so I'd gotten mm-hmm. up early. I'd hunted a couple of areas and finally made my way to a place that you just know that it looks – turkey you know it looks like a place that's where a turkey should be um mid-morning getting hot looking for shade those green um there's a hay field and so or wheat so some of the green you know it's it's nice and cool that time of year and in in, in in the uh in the shade so that's that's where those birds were they were picking in that that cool uh creek bottom and, and made their way up into the shade of that uh that field there where that grass is green they could they could pick some bugs too in the mid-morning so Hands uh, were probably on nest and those three, three toms were by themselves. So they were, they were uh, right for the picking and I, I picked the right spot. So that's, that's what I'm looking for. Something that just to me, when you get there, you'll know it. It just, just feels like a spot a turkey should be.
1: Yeah. And uh, I, I have a kind of a question for you on that. I know a lot of people, uh, I've seen a lot of people and even experienced it, done it myself earlier in my turkey hunting uh, career as far as like going and doing that like kind of blind sits, you know that it's you could do that on on running gun type type hunts, but when you know that there's birds there, you know that they're gonna be in these areas. That's obviously one thing. What time of the day are you typically going in and doing that kind of stuff? Just as far as like going and sitting on a field, you know, just setting up and hoping one comes by is there a specific time of day or a specific time of the season that you try doing that the most
3: you know for for me honestly I, I don't I don't typically pick a spot and just sit uh I'm gonna I'm go 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 but that that one hunt there that I remember was one of those times where I was just literally had, had walked myself to to, to no end and found a cool spot kind of like a turkey in the shade you know i found a found a shady spot that felt good the breeze was blowing and i just want to close my eyes for a little bit and it just so happens I, I picked the right spot but you know i to, to say that i'm just going to sit in the spot waiting for a turkey I, i'm not a i'm not a guy that's going to deer hunt a turkey i'm going to go go look for for something more productive if uh if where I'm at doesn't feel like it's going to pan out. But as far as time of day goes, if I'm going into a place blind that I've looked at and, and studied maybe on Onyx or whatever, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to kind of force my way into a, a roost area in the afternoon, hoping that I can catch a flock coming back to an area what I, I would think by looking at a map or, or just studying the area that, that I would feel like birds should be, you know, closer to a roost area. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the afternoon, if I've never been there, uh, you know, morning time going into a place completely blind that you've never seen. Morning's a little, little tough. Uh, you may just go as far as you think you can get away with, you know, in the dark and and start there, uh, but to to put your eyes on it, obviously, when the sun comes up and, and later in the morning, you, you may have found yourself close enough that you can make a play or you may just be picking through it and, and, and finding that spot for the afternoon, so. Uh, that's that's kind of what I'm looking for is something that I, I feel like you know if it's afternoon hunt, it's gonna be somewhere close to where the roost is. so if if I'm not successful in the afternoon, maybe I'm watching that bird fly up or hearing a bird close to that area that I think should be a roost area. So I've got little little Intels Intel to start the morning with the next day.
1: What's your what what are you looking for? I've heard you mention roost area. Or what you think should be a roost area? Could you explain some of the things that you're talking about, um, especially if you don't know 100 percent for a fact that there's turkeys roosting there? What are the things that kind of give that away to you?
3: You know, turkeys are, are similar to deer. They like these transition areas, whether it's a hardwood button up to a cedar thicket or a pine thicket, uh, or vice versa. Whether it's pines button up to hardwood, you know, they like those little transition areas. And a lot of times, uh, you're you're you going to want an area that the birds need a little ground to to fly up the roost. You know, they're not going to walk into a thicket and fly straight up most of the time. They want a little open ground underneath so they can uh, pick their way around before they fly up. And when they're on the roost, they want to kind of see the ground underneath them there a little bit. So they, they when they pitch out, they know, okay, my feet are going to hit the ground right here. I'm going to fly on out into that field there. So, you know, those those transition areas, uh, you know, you, a lot of the old timers, you talk to old timers, for whatever reason, they say, and I, I don't know how many times I've heard this, but I've heard different people say, turkeys like to roost above water because they like to hear their poop fall in the water. I, I don't know where that came from, whether it's true or not, but I do know that turkeys like to roost close or above water. So uh, that's another area, you know, just, just to uh, kind of hone in on. If you're, uh, you know, turkeys have to have water. It's one of those things to uh, hone in on an area that's uh, that's got, got water on it whether it's uh, flowing water uh, or a pond or or a lake or whatever it is you know these turkeys tend to, to find themselves around water even even little um like water holes pond, uh, puddles things like that you know you'll you'll find a lot of tracks if it's the only source of water in an area where there's turkeys you're going to find tracks you're going to find signs so
1: do you that's find definitely
3: one thing to hone in on is, do you
1: find any one of those types of water sources lakes rivers ponds to be better than the other as far as roosting goes
3: you know i haven't i've, I've hunted the different different properties whether it's uh they have ponds on them or or flowing water of some kind and it just seems that no matter what these areas that i've hunted the turkeys uh, roost somewhere closer to the water source rather than just out in the hardwood you know piece of piece of hardwoods closer to a field Uh, if there's water close and there's roost you know tall trees with uh, parallel limbs they're gonna they're gonna tend to roost in those areas more so than and and of course we're we're talking about the the southern states you know some of these states out west Mm -hmm. where there only may be a few trees within miles that's that's where you're gonna find the turkeys but you know kind of concentrating on the southern states that i've hunted for the most part that's that's uh, my experience
1: yeah and now is there any terrain features specific terrain features when you're talking about a roost area that stick out to you
3: yeah so on on my place uh that, that we were talking about there earlier um these birds love to roost probably about a, a third to two thirds off the the crest of a ridge um i don't know if it's because they want to fly one way or the other they can fly pitch down into the the uh, the rolling hay fields below or, or the cattle pastures or they can pitch to the top of the ridge above um, but but a third to two-thirds down off the off the top of a ridge has, has been uh, you know in in hilly terrain that's kind of one of the, the main features in and, and a lot of times it'll be a um, kind of a very distinctive point not just a long ridge but a lot of times it'll be like the if it's a long ridge, it's going to be one of these fingers that comes off of that ridge that they're going to roost on. So there's there's a lot of that. I've got uh, basically it's a ridge that makes a bowl around the property, and then there's fingers that come off of that, and that's for the most part where those turkeys roost on my places off those little fingers. And you got to <laughs> if you're going to hunt them the next morning, you you kind of want to know where to start that night because uh, you know you get you get between you, if you're on one ridge and he's gobbling on the other, it's it's a long way around sometimes to get to them so for sure that's that's one of the things we go back to knowing your property and and uh, knowing how to get around on a bird if you have to
1: so speaking of that you kind of mentioned you know some evening stuff as far as roosting we haven't ever really talked about this and i don't really know um as far as like a success rate as for roosting in the evening time i know for me personally i have very rarely heard turkeys gobble on the roost at night to be able to have a decent starting place in the morning. Um, Is there like, is there certain things that you're doing when you're, while you're doing that, if you're trying to roost one, is there certain things that you've found to be more successful or is it just kind of like sometimes they do and sometimes they don't?
3: You know, um, and, and there's, there's a big difference in pressure on public land and private land birds. And a lot of that pressure is going to have to do is, is going to directly affect the response that you're going to get from a turkey, whether he's in a field by himself and you're making a certain call how he's going to act on private to public or if you're trying to quote unquote put him to bed or, or, or put him to roost uh, whether or not he's going to respond to an owl call or or a coyote call or even a crow call in the middle of the day. Those pressures between public and private land all those different calls can, can change how you're going to get a response from those turkeys. So that's one thing that you kind of have to measure when you're going into it, thinking about trying to, trying to find a bird that you're, you know, trying to roost him or whatever. Um, you know, probably I've, I've had a lot more success in throwing that owl call out there, you know, right at the, the crack of, uh, where it's just starting to get dark. You know, a lot of times they'll gobble on their own, depending on the, um, what time of the season is? It is, but if you're trying to get that response and pinpoint that location, you know you're going to throw an alcohol out there most of the time. Um, but you know if you're on public land, everybody blows an alcohol. Everybody blows a, a crow call. There's there's other other calls out there. You know to, to get a shock response from a from a gobbler that are they're you know you can try whether it's a a peacock that's one I've heard or a a woodpecker. And even a coyote uh, howl, you know, I was uh, coyote hunting this year, uh, probably the second week of January and second week, you know, turkeys gobble all year long, right? People, people think, Oh man, they're, they're gobbling already. They're end up already. We're the season's going to be over before it starts. Well now turkeys gobble all year long. Don't, don't stress yourself <laughs> out about it. Don't, don't overthink <laughs> it, but send their coyote, coyote hunting. And the first time that I hit the coyote howl on the, on the electronic collar, probably 15 birds gobbled on the ridge 200 yards above us and Mm. i hit it again and they gobbled gobbled again it was it was insane but you know that that (laughs) response that you want they were they were still on the limb because it was an early morning so they were they were still on the limb but i I got them to gobble you know so there's there's all kinds of sounds out there that you can throw out there so public land you may have to get a little creative you know some guys have slammed their truck door and heard heard a turkey gobble so it's a matter of uh, what kind of pressure and, and what kind of sounds those birds have heard, gotten used to, gotten bumped by, and things like that. You know, you just kind of got to, got to. I like to, and a lot of guys do this, check the turkey's temperature, you know, and, and that's whether you're you're yelping at him or cutting at him, whatever, you know, check his temperature for response, whether it's one call work, you know, if you're using a, a glass friction call. If that's not working, switch to an aluminum surface. You know, something maybe he hadn't heard. Somebody's not called to him like that. Um, just, just trying to uh, initiate that response. And that's, that's really, you know, for me, whatever I can do to make him gobble, I'm, I'm gonna try it. If, yeah. If, you know, if, if it works, <laughs> it may not work next time. But if it worked this time, I'm, I'm game.
1: And that seems like uh, a lot of guys that I know and that we talk to that are, you know certified turkey killers they kind of they kind of say the same things and you need to have uh, a a good collection carry as much as you can um, because you never know what that specific bird is going to gobble at and you know I've had them I've had them gobble at crow calls and then the other one won't and then I've had another one gobble at a, a raspy yelp and another one likes you know one that's not nearly as raspy it's just kind of like you said, checking the temperature of that specific bird and throwing what you got at him, and seeing if you know, seeing if one will call. And I know a lot of guys get really comfortable. They say, you know, I just, I just really like this one specific call a lot. Well, you know, that doesn't mean the bird's gonna like it. You know, you gotta, you gotta kind of broaden your horizons just a little bit. And um, I think that's... be be confident
3: in your calling, whether whether it's your mouth call, your your box call, or slight whatever. You know, confidence in your calling ability is is a lot of times where that comes. You know, I'm I'm comfortable using this specific call. Well, that specific call, like you just said, may not work. Get comfortable in your calling ability with everything at your disposal, and that that will broaden your horizon, as you said. Oh, for sure.
1: There's actually a really good a really good app for people who uh, maybe listening to this. Uh, it's called Turkey Tech, and It, man, it it just... That's Scott Ellis? Scott Ellis' app, yep. And it just... He's a machine, man. ...throws out all these different calls. You can practice with Mm them. He gives you you his his call, and then he gives you the actual turkey making that sound, and you can kind of just practice with that and speak when you're talking about confidence and calling. That's a really, really solid resource that I start firing up every year. You know, right when deer season's over, I start firing it up and getting... Back used to it, and uh, uh, and I think it's it's not very expensive. I want to say it's Drew. You just recently bought it. How much is it? Do you remember? I did. Yeah, it was it it was three ninety nine.
2: Three ninety nine. Oh, I mean, that's,
1: that's great. It's such a great resource. Um, I'm just looking at it. You got yeah. And if if you don't want to download the app and and do that,
3: Scott, he, he's 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 a machine. He's a turkey killing machine. Oh yeah. But uh, I've right. I've even gone so far as just literally put my Phone on YouTube with turkey sounds, and put it on the magnetic keeper on the dash of my truck, and do the exact same thing. You know, you're driving down the road, you're listening to real turkeys, or you're listening to a guy calling. You want to match that as best you can. You know, that's mm-hmm. definitely a, a way to improve your abilities. And and Scott, dude, his his app was ingenious. I wish I'd have thought of it.
1: I know, man. It's whenever I see <laughs> people come up with something that simple, I'm like, it, <laughs> Why didn't I think of that?" Um, <laughs> That's cool. So, uh, Rick, here's one thing that we all normally do. I can't believe that we're already in an hour in this conversation. It feels like we just started talking. Um, but to end all of our turkey episodes, we kind of do like a a quick um, like bonus round, I guess, speed round you could say, where you give us yes, no um, answers just uh, or very specific if we ask you a specific question. It doesn't have to be detailed or in depth is just a uh, just a speed round does that sound good
3: yeah roll with it let's go
1: all right so we already know the answer to this question but what's your turkey gun it's
3: gonna be the cva
1: scout 410 cva scout 410
3: uh what shells are you running it this year i'm gonna run the apex uh the ninja um uh, well i think it's a it's either nine or nine and a half i can't remember but it's a, the uh, apex tss
1: so this isn't part of the speed round but i'm just curious to know what's the farthest you've patterned that gun at
3: farthest i've patterned was 45 killed a bird at 43 50 is pushing it man that's pretty impressive for a 410 that's, mm-hmm. that's <laughs> yeah. awesome yeah. that's pretty cool all
1: right yes yeah, so grilled turkey breast or fried
3: nuggets I am going to take a one inch chunk, put cream cheese and a piece of jalapeno, wrap it in bacon, throw it on the grill, bring it out. Actually, you, you roll it around in brown sugar and cayenne pepper. Take it out when it's done, when the bacon's done, the inside's done. Take it out, drizzle it with honey, and your mouth will thank you. Dang. Lord Jesus, Rick. I'm not, I mean, I. They <laughs> do want to run in the kitchen, and, and I'm going to throw that uh, credit to uh, my buddy down in Florida, Travis Daniels, Cypress Roost, Man. He he did that for us two years ago down there, and it was incredible. I've done it ever ever since that way. So,
1: oh man, I don't even want to go f- further. I just want to hear more about that recipe. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the link will be up in my bio. No, I'm just <laughs> man, you're going to have to do a video on that one for sure. All right. Now but, I'm going to do an app for 4.99. <laughs> yeah. You need to do a turkey recipe app. Scott's going to probably steal the idea. There you go. But, um, all right.
3: <laughs> so what's your favorite turkey call? Ooh, my favorite out of everything is probably going to be an aluminum surface. Uh, I've found that to to be a pitch that most of the turkeys that – that uh, I've hit with will, will respond to. Wow.
1: That's the, that's first, that,
3: that's that's first, the first time I've
1: heard that. Actually. Most people most, say most... diaphragm. So <laughs> that's uh... now,
3: I run the diaphragm the most, but my favorite is the sound of an aluminum slate. Okay.
1: I've got one of those. Huh. And uh, I, I have seen multiple times where that has been what they wanted, especially at long distances, you know where
3: I've been able to
1: get a gobble right. at a really long distance because it just really cuts through really dang
3: good. Um,
1: so I always keep it yeah, with I'll, me. I'll
3: start there and finish him with the diaphragm, but I love that aluminum.
1: Oh, dude, I'm I'm definitely a fan. All right, so
3: field birds or woods birds? Man, I love a field bird. Okay, all right, this one's hard. <laughs> <laughs> I love a I, I love a field bird because I love to watch them coming but to have one blowing your hat off gobbling in the timber there's no better sound
1: this is true it's fun when you can see them in a field like that's that's yeah. always cool but man when they come you know just coming up to you gobbling in the in the woods dude it's that's a that's an unreal feeling oof it's when yep. you can feel it, it's like shaking the there's a reason why some people call them thunder chickens or thunder birds don't say I know I don't don't typically use that term but there's a reason (laughs) why they use it is because that I mean that chill that it gives you is just that that roar of a gobble man it's like how can such a dumb little bird make a noise like that that just gets you so fired up but coming through the woods like that and make my heart
3: feel like a 15 year old little boy that just fell in love Yeah,
1: (laughs) it's so much fun man (laughs) it is so much fun All right, so here's the final question, and uh, it's the one that everybody's going to judge you by when they finish this podcast. Will you
3: shoot a Jake? At this point in my turkey hunting career, if he comes in like a man, he's going to die like a man. There you go. There you have it. I like that answer, man. I'm going to tell you, and the only reason I hesitated is because I've got one piece of dirt that we're going to go to in Florida, and it may not be available next year, and if a Jake comes in, there's a possibility that he could die. I'm just saying. uh, There is a possibility. I won't say I won't, um, but I haven't in a very, very long time. Okay, that's... Parker.
2: That 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 is the that's the title of this podcast. He comes in
3: like a man. He dies. <laughs> he
2: like
1: dies a man. like a man.
3: <laughs> I don't know how many people would listen I mean, to it. <laughs> I don't. True. I don't remember the the first video game that I ever played or the last video game I ever played, but I remember the first turkey I killed, and I'm going to remember the last turkey I kill if it's a jag. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. Hey.
1: That's a that's a good answer. I like that. I like that answer. If he comes in like a man, he dies like a man. Rick, dude, thank you so much for coming on the show, and yeah, uh, man, I, I really enjoyed to.
3: that. Guys, I appreciate it. It was uh, definitely definitely a good time.
1: Hey, dude, keep us updated on uh, on this Florida trip. I'm I'm wishing you the best of luck, and tell people where they can uh, where they can follow along with some of your um, turkey hunting turkey hunting adventures, as well as some of your uh, your CVA stuff.
3: Yeah, so uh, on all the, the social stuff, you know, whether it's uh, CBA uh, official on Instagram or Facebook, and then Bergara USA on Instagram and Facebook, uh, both of those pages I run, as well as my personal page, which is Tennessee Turkey Hunter, but there are no vowels. It is T-N-T-R-K-Y-H-N-T-R. So Tennessee Turkey Hunter on Instagram, that's, that's really where I focus all my... Uh, outdoor stuff facebook i keep it just cuz i'm running other pages but uh doesn't get a lot of love a lot of times but uh definitely definitely try to try to post on instagram you know three four five times a week so
1: and hey guys if you yeah, if you're listening and uh and you enjoyed this conversation with rick i'm telling you he is a great follow on instagram and uh very inspiring with what what he's doing with his little girl and, uh, I say little girl, she's 13 years old after, again, after that conversation, Rick, I think, uh, I think you may have some teenage boys sending you friend requests being like, Hey, uh, is she single or what's this, what's going on here? Um, 3000 acres that, that says a
3: lot. So yeah, <laughs> um, well, the, the first time they get in my truck, I realize if, if you didn't get in my truck with a gun, I will hand you one. And if you're a little boy looking for my daughter, we'll talk about it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Uh, I do not not covet you in this stage in her life. I'm happy that my little girl, I'm the only guy that she will ever need as far as she knows right now, and I I just prefer keeping it that way. I don't want her to be a teenager. Uh, Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) So, well, dude, Rick, again, thank you so much for coming on the show. We really enjoyed it.
3: Thanks, guys. I really appreciate it.
1: All right, y'all. That's going to be it for this episode and the first episode of the 2021 turkey season. I am so fired up. I uh, like. I can't explain to you how excited I am about turkey season and getting started with that. Those long beards today, out there paddling the river with my little girl, having those long beards fly across, just absolutely got my heart going. And uh, Rick, he definitely described it well when he said makes you feel like you're a 13 year old or 15 year old little boy falling in love man that's what these stupid birds do to me and uh i never thought i never thought i'd get to this point in my life where i love turkey hunting as much as i do but man i absolutely am like just eat up with it so hope you guys enjoyed that episode with rick he is a great guest just a really cool guy to follow like he said you can follow him on instagram and uh you won't be disappointed just a super good guy, family man, and uh, great turkey hunter. Uh, inspiring to follow him on uh, on social media. So go and check him out there. That's going to be it for this episode. Thank you guys again so much for listening to the podcast. Every time I hear somebody say that they're a fan of the show or that they've had success because of something they've heard on the show, it just uh, <clears throat> it makes me super excited super happy i'm so glad that you guys listen to this and uh again i cannot tell you how much it means to me um but if you do enjoy it and if you do enjoy listening to it make sure if you're on itunes on the podcast app just go uh go give us a a five-star review and uh and tell us what you like about the show in the comments or whatever and uh, i would greatly appreciate that you can also check out all the southern ground hunting stuff on youtube um been putting out videos, turkey season videos. For some reason, uh, they they're just they're just slow to get moving. We post deer episodes and people watch it a lot, you know, and uh, and we have huge numbers. But when once you get into turkey season, it's not always that way. And so I'd love it if you are uh, not subscribed, if you'll go subscribe and check out some of those videos. Right now, I'm currently posting a turkey video every. Monday and Thursday uh, at some point throughout those days, and so uh, it would mean a whole lot if you could go check that out. So, um, again, check out all the people, all the companies that support our show. Uh, companies like Tethered at TetheredNation.com. Um, check out their new One Sticks that they just released. Also, New Canoe, they've got a new product, the new Unlimited, which I got in the water for the first time today, and uh, it's a freaking sweet boat you can check them out at newcanoe.com. as always scree gear if you're looking for some hunting camo and, uh, and you can use the code SouthernGround all over case all one word that'll save you some money at your checkout and then our newest one which is Spartan Forge you can go to spartanforge.ai and uh, use the code SouthernGround and that will save you 25 percent and remember this what you pay right now is what you will pay forever and uh, They've got a lot of cool new stuff coming out. You are going to be glad that you did it now. Once you hear about all, I can't talk about it. I wish I could tell you everything, and uh, I'm sure that Bill, when he comes on the show, he will tell you as much as uh, as much as he possibly can. But I'm telling you, if you go and get on it now, it's going to be less like less than thirty bucks for a year subscription to it. You won't regret it. I promise. So that's going to be it for this episode, guys. Remember that God gave you dominion. Over the birds of the air, the fish of the sea, and the beasts of the earth. So go out and exercise that dominion. We'll talk to you next time.